people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means.
welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship where we love people and we love God and we love the work of the Holy Spirit and we're so grateful that you're here and he's here and God's going to do some great and amazing things this morning and if you're watching us we just thank you for tuning in whenever you do and Lord we just bless your name today. Our hearts are overflowing with joy in the Lord and we give you thanks and praise for your goodness and we just bless your name Lord Jesus. We exalt you because we adore you. Have your way in us today. Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship this morning? Come on, let's stand together if you can.
Are you thankful this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you in this house. Come on, let's just thank him for a little bit here. Lord, you have found us in places we shouldn't even have been. You brought us out of pits that people didn't even know we were in. You uncovered us from under rocks where we were left to die. But Father, you are the one. The name of Jesus is great. It is mighty. It can find us. It can go into places that people wouldn't go. But Lord, we can shout of that name. We can call the name of Jesus. And mountains have to move out of our way. Come on, let's rejoice a little bit in this house today. While we worship you in this sanctuary, Lord. Oh, we're grateful for the great name of God. Thank you. 
song again. Here's what I see. We're going to sing verse 1 all over again. And I want you, while we're singing it, you do this. You speak the name of Jesus over your lost family members. You just send the name of Jesus to them. Send the name of Jesus to situations that have darkness in it. You can sing it with us if you want, but I want you to speak the name of Jesus over these places so that the name of Jesus can go in and do what the name of Jesus does. Hallelujah. Lost are saved. Find their way at the sound of your great name. All condemned. They feel no We speak to every condemned heart right now. The name of Jesus is greater than the voice of condemnation.
that you are the holy God. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. And you told us to be holy because you are holy. You give us your holiness. Oh, we love you, Lord, with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. You are the greatest name that's ever named. You are the greatest person that's ever lived. Oh, you are wonderful, awesome, and glorious. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. We exalt your name, Lord Jesus. We recognize your name as the greatest name, the most exalted name. Jesus, above every other name. There is no name higher. There is no name greater. There is no name that has more power. Oh, hallelujah to the name of Jesus. We boldly proclaim Jesus. We lift up your name, Jesus. Your name, Jesus. Your name is salvation. Your name is healing. Your name is deliverance. Your name is fullness. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. To that wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, we are named after your name. And we thank you, Lord, that we identify. As believers in Christ Jesus, we have access to all of heaven's goodness and all that heaven offers. And Lord, we thank you very much for your presence being here with us as we are gathered in your name. You are here in our midst. So Lord, speak to us. For I am a consuming fire. I will consume your dead works. I am a refiner's fire. And I will purify you so that you can go higher. And I am the launderer's soap. I will cleanse your soul. For I am the living water. I will wash you and make you clean and sanctify you for my purpose. Because I've chosen you. I love you, and I will perform my will in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. You will never get another more scriptural worship than right here. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, there's a good thing. We can do things by the book. Amen? Not our book, but God's book. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. We're, we're grateful that you're here this morning. Glad that Dr. Fiona Amen. and Lisa are back. And uh, we have a new confession. And our confession this quarter is emphasizing possessing. How many possessors are here? Yeah. Right? God designed us to possess things. Right? So I want you to get a good grip on what God says and possess it. Amen. That means receive it as yours, accept it, take it. Yes. Amen? Amen. So let's make this confession of faith based on God's word. All right, let's make our confession. God, God is, is very, very good, good to us. us. His, His Holy Spirit, Spirit reveals to us what God has freely given to us. We have and enjoy the good things that God has made available to us. 
We are, we are greatly blessed by the Lord, and we possess the gates of our enemies. We are joint heirs with Jesus, and we take hold of all our inheritance. The Lord has separated us to himself, and he has given us territory to possess. Our land is fruitful, productive, thriving, and flourishing. God gives us his best. Wherever Father God has planted us, we take possession of our land. By doing God's commands, statutes, and judgments, we gain divine wisdom and understanding and become great in God's sight. We are God's people, his priests who minister to him. We eat the wealth of the nations and prosper in God. Instead of shame, we have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, we shout for joy over our portion. Jesus is our portion. In our land, we possess double and everlasting joy belongs to us. God faithfully rewards us and makes us an everlasting covenant with us. Everything that God has promised has been made available to us, and we can possess it all. God establishes and confirms us in Christ, and he anoints us. We are never disappointed because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through Holy Spirit who was given to us. Everything in the Bible is for our instruction. We are encouraged by God's written word to have hope and we overflow with confidence in his promises. We glorify, praise, and honor the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Hello, everybody. Guess what? Today's October 1st. We have reached October. We are in the last quarter of 2023, and we have lots of things happening. Um, before I do the announcements, though, I want to share my fact, okay? I learned that the cotton industry, okay, which funds 30% of all the world's clothing, the clothing industry, is only 2.5% of farmland. Yeah. This, okay, so I'm going to explain because I did the research with the numbers because, you know, I'm a math person. So just so you know about how much that is, 2.5% of just the farmland was about a million or two acres, okay? Which, um, for perspective, Pennsylvania is 29 million acres, okay? So it's not as big as you might think, right? But I was surprised that just like that little piece of land, okay, all of the cotton that's produced funds, like I said, it's 30% of all of the world's clothing, which is a $1.7 trillion industry, right? Cotton alone is like $30 billion. I was so excited as I was looking all this up, right? So that little piece of land, like I said, one-thirtieth of the size of Pennsylvania, so maybe like the size of Rhode Island, I'm guessing, um, 
just that little square of land makes enough cotton for the whole world to have clothes, basically. Right? Like, think about, like, that multiplication. Like, that's just a little piece. Like, I was thinking about, like, just the magnitude of God's goodness. Like, that little piece of land is, like, a one, like has the value of $1.7 trillion. Without it, like, we'd be in some major trouble. So I was just thinking about, like, the power of the seed, right, of the word of God. Like, every time we're speaking, like, that seed is super important. All of that cotton originally started with just one seed, and it just continued to multiply. Like, isn't that cool? So with all of that, like, abundance, like, that's the mindset that I'm thinking of, that we have such a big God. So when we do these announcements, that's what we're thinking of. Like, what? Like, the big picture, because we serve a big God. Like, anything is possible. Okay. So as a reminder, October 1st, for anybody who's in, like, teaching or helps with the toddlers and volunteers, we are having a teacher's meeting after service today. On Tuesday, we have youth group. Youth group has been amazing. We have new experiences like every, every time. And Abby and Devon keep coming up with new songs. So we never know what's going to happen. Like every youth group is different, which we love. And we got nice weather still. So we're outside like playing games. We have a good time and everybody learns new skills. In fact, the other day, um, some of our youth showed up early. So I was teaching one of them how to roller skate. <laughs> right? We have a great time. Wednesday is Wednesday night refreshing, and that's at 6.30, so I encourage you to bring with you lots of people, right? And it's a different atmosphere as well. Like, it's all God, and it's all Jesus, and all Holy Spirit flows, but like I said, it's a little bit different service. Thursdays, we have Bible Adventure, and I know that that is going wonderful. How long has Bible Adventure been happening? Yeah, 11 years. So all of those seeds, like, we just keep following the kids throughout their school system, throughout their education, and the harvest is coming in for that as well. Um, Since we are in October, there is also a winter maintenance team. If you are interested in joining, because we are in need of some volunteers, all that requires is that you shovel the sidewalks if we have snow, which I'm really hoping we have lots of snow this year. I've been praying for snow on my birthday every year, which is in early November, and this is the year it's going to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's okay. My birthday's on a Saturday. It won't even mess up anybody's schedules. <laughs> so one to two times a month, just shovel the walkways, help with salting. Like I said, if we have some volunteers, then we just, like, rotate so you're not doing it, like, every week. It's just happening when it snows. So it's a fun time. Because you also get to enjoy the snow. Um, if you are interested, you can see Stephen. He can give you all the details about that. And it's next week. Dr. Fiona actually leaves for Guyana next week. <laughs> I know, right? Blessed Children Home is having their 15th year anniversary. It's been 15 years since they've been started. And Dr. Fiona is going down to be the boss. That's what she does. <laughs> Take care of details and run the Blessed Children Home Orphanage. So if you are want to support her, you can mark that for the Commission Club. And since we've been announcing this for a while, we have, we have finally reached October. So the Inheritance Family Conference is at the end of this month. I know, it's coming up quick. Our guest speaker is going to be Brother John George, and Pastor Doug will also be speaking as well. And with the abundance mindset, like, we just want to bless all the families. 
right? And every person in the family, parents, grandparents, kids, like, we want to have gifts for them and presents and just spread the love of God in our community and to the world as well because everybody's going out to their jobs and their places. Like I said, everything multiplies. Like every person that you come in contact to, even, like, the atmosphere that you carry, like, that gets on other people. So that is all announcements for today. Thank you, Melissa. I wanted to just give an update. We have like seven people at Rama right now. If you count the Bless Your Home kids and everybody, um, everyone's doing well. We got, uh, Miss Lisa went with me and uh, we got to see Nate. He has, a, he has a job. I think he has two jobs. I mean, lined up, you know, he's doing it. So keep him in your prayers. You know, this is all new. I thought of all the children that could move so far away from home, Nate was the one that moved to a whole different state. So, uh, but you know, it's like we have a community down there that um, that has that's building, and they support each other. And I know Sean was just here, and he had to slip out because he's going back to Oklahoma. I was in his house while he was here. <laughs> I was fessing up to him this morning. I used your hair dryer and your hair products. Um, so we, uh, I got to uh, say hello to Noah as well. Those of you who know Pastor Tony and Michelle, uh, Ms. Dawn and Terry's um, son, Pastor Tony, he was our youth pastor here. They moved to Texas. So their son, Noah, their oldest son, is now at Rama. He's a Rama student. So he's, uh, he hangs out at uh, Sean and Gabe's apartment a lot. Because uh, the place that he is staying, he's renting a room. It's about 30 minutes away. So instead of like, you know, so he kind of hangs out of there. And I got to see Miss Michelle Orlando. She was there for the women's conference. And um, and so, you know, we did a lot of socializing with the people from Victory. Uh, Gabe, I am no longer Dr. Fiona, Fiona, Fiona Pishka, Pastor Fiona. I am no longer any of those things. I am Gabe's mother. And that is my name. <laughs> so I thought, you know, when I grow up, I want to be just like Gabe. <laughs> because I just say the name Gabe or Gabe Pishka, and everybody was like, oh, you're Gabe's mother. Okay. So um, he's doing well, and um, he's working a lot. He worked 50 hours this week while I was there. And he was like, yeah, I worked 50 hours this week, Mom. Wow. And and that's just what he clocked. I don't know how much he clocked in. He does extra time, and he doesn't clock in for it. <laughs> um, but uh, he's being a blessing to the school, and so are all of our uh, kids from here. They're being a blessing to their uh, friends and their, you know, I saw Kelsey as well, my niece, Kelsey. <laughs> I'm a little tired. <laughs> Well, I'm good. Uh, she uh, came with me to the sessions of the um, conference. It w- I went to a woman's conference. In case you're wondering, like, what is she talking about? <laughs> it's called the Kindle the Flame. It's their uh, woman's conference. The last time I was there, Gabe was five years old. So he's 20 now. So that's how long it's been since I was there. The Lord told me to go. So I booked a ticket on Monday and got there on Tuesday. So that's how quick it happened. That's why you probably didn't know I was going <laughs> But it was good to be there, and it's so hot. I don't know. I I said, Gabe, this feels like a desert passing through place. I don't know. (laughs) It's very hot. I was just like, ooh. Uh, Anyway, 
we, um, I'm, I'm thankful for victory. You have no idea. <laughs> so uh, until you go somewhere else and then you go, oh, yeah, we like victory. But <laughs> um, there were, do you know how many, just I would know, do you know how many seats are in the lower sanctuary level of, of Rama? The total, because it's 7,500, okay. The balcony was not used, but the entire lower level was used. So I don't know how many are in the balcony. So minus that, that's how many women were there. And they were there. They had their T-shirts on. They had groups. I was like, I feel a little bit like under, you know, this isn't my seat apparently. (laughs) And uh, these women are coming from all over the country, and um, they're there, thousands of women. And they sing in the lobby when the doors aren't open. On an early morning when I had no coffee, with three hours of sleep. And they're just happy. The joy is down inside. I said, it's there. I know it's there. I'm just not going to show it right now. <laughs> but it was a good experience all the way around. I just want to thank you guys for uh, being you. It's good to be part of this body. Yeah. And um, I'm leaving next Monday for Guyana. So I'll be gone two Wednesdays and a Sunday. That's it. And I'll come back. <laughs> and uh, so pray for me while I'm down there. We have a lot of things to do with agencies and businesses. And that's the part that I don't like doing, but we got to do it. So quickening. I need it all to speed up. <laughs> so anyway, thank you guys. God bless you. Hello from all the kids. <laughs> You know, if you ever um, need uh, healing or, or you know someone that needs healing, uh, there's a scriptural thing that we do. Uh, I'll read it from Acts uh, 19.11. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to stretch forth our hands. But uh, in Acts 19.11, the Bible says that God was doing extraordinary and unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that every handkerchief or face towel or apron that had touched his skin were brought to the sick and their diseases left them and evil spirits came out of them. Mm-hmm. How many know that the anointing is transferable? Mm-hmm. So we have a, a cloth here that we're going to be praying over. So I want you to stretch forth your hands in the name of Jesus. Healing. Uh, healing, deliverance. Okay. Father, we, we give you thanks and praise. For the unusual miracles, the unconventional ways that you reach people and touch hearts. And Father, we thank you for the anointing, the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God that goes into this right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that it will accomplish your will. It will do what you desire, Father, and it will bring change and transformation. And we just glorify you and praise you for your goodness. And we just honor you in the name of Jesus we speak this. Right now, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I was going to say something, too, about the word that came from the Holy Spirit, you know, about, um, what was it about cleansing, burning up something? Do you remember? Something about the soul and uh, the fire on your past. Dead works, dead works. Mm. Thank you. Um, Dead works. You know, you're, uh, as parents and, you know, before you came to Christ and before you had the knowledge that you do now about the word of God, 
anything you did that was dead works. It wasn't good. It, God wouldn't approve of it. That's what the Holy Spirit want, burns it up with holy fire. So you don't have to be living in regret that, oh, I wish I had raised my kids this way. I wish I had done that. It burnt up with holy yeah. fire. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit was talking about cleansing your soul. It's cleansed out of your soul. It's gone. Yes. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. So now you are doing things with the fire of God. You're doing things on purpose and the correct thing. Do that thing. Don't keep living like, oh, if only, and you're trying to correct things. That what the Holy Spirit was saying today, I corrected it. I burned it up with holy fire. I cleansed your soul. It's done. Let's move on. All right. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're going to uh, watch a video. It's about a three and a half minute uh, video. And I just want you to listen to what's being said, and I want you to get it into your heart. All right? Uh, it's, it's, I think it's called That's My King. All right, so let's watch this video and then we'll. Merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges he delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-trained of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. Without him, well, the Pharisees couldn't stand. 
Hallelujah. Do you know him? If not, you can meet him today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I just want to say something before we dismiss the kids about sowing. Amen? You know, uh, we don't uh, pass a container here, but you can sow any time during the service. Uh, Abraham sowed by leaving his homeland and and his house. Uh... Jacob sold labor for Rachel. He said, I'll work for seven years. And he got a wife. He actually got two wives. <laughs> Amen. Job sold prayer and he reaped a double portion. Uh, David sold a battle and he reaped a kingdom. Hallelujah. Uh, Gideon, he sold thousands of people that were fearful and he reaped 300 men to win an extraordinary victory. Elisha sowed farming for a double portion of anointing because he, he burned his yoke that he was plowing with. Uh, Naaman sowed obedience for a healing. Amen? Our God is a, a sowing God, and we grow by sowing. Amen? Amen. Hannah sowed a, a son, and she reaped a prophet. Hallelujah. Um, God noticed Cornelius' gifts and prayers. And uh, Manoah, Samson's father, he gave an offering and he received a miracle. Amen? So what's going to happen when you sow? God's going to move. Amen? And Father, we just give you thanks and praise for the goodness and the greatness of our God. And Lord, we thank you that we love you and we sow into your kingdom because we love you and we're motivated uh, by that love, Lord. And we just thank you for a great reward in Jesus' name. Everybody say, I'm blessed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And if you're watching online, you can go to our website and do that way. Amen. All right, we got some kids' life in this place, kids living in faith every day. Hallelujah. They're not only living in faith, but they're experiencing the results of faith. So kids, have a great class. Be blessed. Be blessed. Well, October is a very exciting month. When, you know, every day, 365 days a year is exciting with the Lord. Amen. And uh, we're so glad for this day. Um, we're, we're excited about our family conference. We're going to be casting a net over some families. Amen. And uh, we're going to believe for a a fruitful harvest. So uh, I just want you to ask yourself, how can God use me to reach a family? Ask the Lord what you can do to reach a family. Serve your time. Give of your resources. uh, Give of your talents. Amen. Uh, This is a time where uh, we have to just make ourselves available to serve others. And um, I believe God's going to bless some families. We're going to have fun, and it'll be filled with the Word and the Spirit. And uh, we're excited about John George, and he'll also be with us on that Sunday as well.
And then uh, coming up in November, uh, we're uh, launching out and having our own uh, crusade in the country of Liberia. And uh, that's uh, very exciting. Uh, Gabriel and Steve Hoffman and I, we're partnering together. I'm partnering with Stephen Hoffman Ministries and Humans of the World. <laughs> and we're going to go touch a nation. Amen? Amen? Out of Palmyra, God's going to touch nations. And uh, if you'd like to uh, partner with that, you can. I need, uh, six, I need about uh, $6,300 left. And uh, I know that God will bring it in. So, amen. Were you ready for the word this morning? This is a different word. I was trying to preach something else, but the Lord said no. (laughs) Amen. Um, The enemy has set up a counterfeit system to what God wants to do in this earth. It's called religion. And I want you to beware of the leaven of religion today. And uh, we're going to give the word and God will set you free from any religious spirit that you may. I, I grew up in a religious church. You know, we didn't do things because we knew Jesus. We did things because we were told to do them. And there wasn't any life there. That's why I fell asleep every time I went when I was a young boy. Because <laughs> it was boring. And then when I met Jesus, personally, everything changed. Jesus did not come to establish a religion. He came to repair a relationship. He came to make it possible for us to reconnect with God where sin separated us from the life of God. Sin separated us from God's nature and from his goodness. But Jesus came and restored that. Jesus came and he bridged the gap. Amen? So I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 16. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to give me the words to say so that uh, it can be understood. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we, we, we always have to offer broccoli, asparagus, and Brussels sprouts in the spirit, right? Not, not in the physical, but uh, they're okay in the physical too. I like those things. Yes, good meat. So Matthew chapter 16 and uh, we're going to look here at uh, starting with uh, verse, uh, well, we'll just start with verse 1. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 1. Hallelujah. Then uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and testing him, asked him uh, that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, uh, it'll be fair weather for the sky is red. And uh, in the morning, it will be uh, foul weather today for the sky is red and uh, threatening. Hypocrites, you know uh, how to discern the face of the sky, but uh, you cannot discern the sign of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign shall be given to it except for the prophet uh, Jonah. And he said, uh, and he left them and departed. Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. All right. Then Jesus said unto them, take heed 
And beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have taken no bread. See, they're thinking of natural things. God is talking about spiritual things, right? And he tells them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they're thinking, oh, we forgot the bread. He's, t- he's, he's getting on our case because we forgot to bring the bread, right? If, if they forgot the bread, Jesus would have said, if Jesus was talking about bread, he said, you forgot the bread, right? But he wasn't saying that. You know, when God speaks, it's clear. And, uh, but Jesus, being aware of it, notice they reasoned among themselves. So they were talking among themselves, but Jesus was aware of it because he knows what's going on. And uh, they sa- he said, oh, you of little faith, do you not, uh, why do you reason among yourself? You know, if you try to understand God through reasoning, it's never going to work, Right? You have to believe God with your heart, not with reasoning, okay? So reasoning hinders your faith. Because Jesus said, uh, oh, ye of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Uh, uh, because you have brought no bread. Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves and the 5,000? You know, if you didn't bring any bread, Jesus could make bread, <laughs> right? Bread's not the issue, I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about something that could creep in and undermine your faith. All right? And he said, uh, nor the seven loaves of the 4,000, and how many uh, large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? All right? But to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 12, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Everybody say the doctrine. So uh, leaven, it represents man-made traditions and false teachings of the Pharisees which were preventing the nation of Israel from attaining right standing with God and from recognizing and accepting the Messiah. Do you realize the Son of God appeared before them multiple times and they did not believe that he was the Son of God? Okay? So, uh, and the Pharisees, they they were coming to test him, right? So leaven represents uh, sin or corruption, Um, So Jesus compared the false teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, and the Herodians to leaven, all right? So in order to better understand what the leaven of the Pharisees is, you you have to understand a little bit about a Pharisee and a Sadducee, all right? A Pharisee, they were separatists. And uh, because it comes from a word to separate. And... uh, they um, they were a party of uh, in in the religion of Judaism, and uh, they were first mentioned in the description by Josephus of the three sects of the schools in which the Jews were divided. So you had uh, the Pharisees, you had the Essenes, and you had the Sadducees. 
Now, the Sadducees were sad because they didn't believe in the resurrection nor angels. That's why they were sad, you see. Right? And out of all the groups of people that Jesus encountered, they came against him the most violently and the most harshly. Okay? Because they were motivated by a religious spirit. Now, there was much sound uh, creed to their teachings, but their system of religion was a form and nothing more. You know, 2 Timothy 3.5 says they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. You know, religions are, are set up all over the world. They have a form of godliness, but they have no power. And then maybe you came out of a religious church like I did that had a form of godliness but had no power, right? God's not looking for form, but he's looking for power and demonstration. Amen? So uh, the Pharisees, they had very lax morality, all right? They were noted for self-righteousness and pride, See, the leaven of the Pharisees, beware of self-righteousness, beware of pride. It can, it can creep in because that's what, we're, that's what the human natural nature is prone to, right? And uh, so he's talking about the leaven of the Pharisees, it's self-righteousness and it's pride. And uh, they were frequently rebuked by Jesus. So it's probably not good to... Uh, uh, share the example of people who are always being rebuked, right? We're, we're of the rebuking people, <laughs> okay? Um, they showed themselves bitter and persistent enemies of the Lord. They were prideful, poisonous, and self-righteous. And uh, in Matthew 3, 7... It was the Sadducees that came to see the baptism that John was conducting at the Jordan River. And the first words out of John's mouth was he called them brood of vipers. You don't want to be known as a viper, right? That's a poisonous snake, okay? And, uh, but he called this group of people uh, a brood of vipers, all right? Uh, he's, and then... Uh, the next time that they're spoken to, they came to the Lord tempting him and he, he called them hypocrites. Someone who acts one way but does another way. They, they wear a mask like they don't show their true selves. They, they, project, they project an image in public that doesn't, is not backed up privately. Okay? A hypocrite is a play actor. Someone who wears a mask playing a part. Jesus often called, if you read Matthew 23, he gives the eight woes of the, being a Pharisee, right? A woe is not a good thing. Everybody say, woe. <laughs> right? It means judgment, misery, uh, despair, okay? So the Sadducees, they were, uh, and the Pharisees seemed to be the most popular of the, of the Judaizers. Sadducees were uh, like second, and uh, they seemed to have gotten their um, belief from like Grecian philosophy, right? And doesn't the Bible say that don't let the philosophy of men deceive you, right? We need to have the philosophy of Jesus. Amen? So uh, 
The only reference to the Sadducees in the Gospels is Mark 12, 18 to 27, where they ridiculed the doctrine of the resurrection, which they had denied, and they also denied the existence of angels. You don't want to be part of a group that denies the resurrection or denies angels. Amen? But these things Satan has caused to creep in unaware and to destroy the faith of many. But today we're going to expose it so that you can be delivered from it. Amen? So just like Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, beware of the leaven of religion. All right? And uh, the Sadducees, they showed hatred to Jesus. Some of them held positions as elders in the Sanhedrin. And uh, they prohibited the apostles from preaching about the resurrection of Christ. Okay? All right? So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's see a little bit more about what the Bible has to say about leaven. How many bakers do we have in here? Right? You're a good baker, an okay baker. You know, I, I like to eat the baked goods. But I don't like to make the baked goods. Amen? And what leaven does is leaven is like yeast to dough. And when you add yeast to dough, it makes it rise. It, it, it affects the whole dough. Not just a part of it, but you add yeast to it, it affects the whole dough. See, here's the thing. If you allow religion one inch One little place in your life, it will affect the whole. It will affect your whole life. It will affect your belief system. It will expand. That's not what yeast does because the bread rises, right? It puffs up. See, if you allow religion to enter your life, it will cause you to be puffed up. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Are you a cream puff or are you an edifier? (laughs) Amen? Hallelujah. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Everybody say a little. A little affects the whole. It's not the big things in your life that cause you to fall. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things that we allow to occur in our lives that uh, get bigger and bigger. Amen? You know, it's easy to miss church one week, but then two weeks, then it gets harder to start coming back. Right? You, you, you allow one miss to come in, and then it's harder to get back. Right? Because it starts affecting the whole. Right? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. It, Listen, the, the Ephesians says it best in, in Ephesians 4.20. Don't give a place to the devil. A place can be something small. It could be a small entrance. It could be a crack. It could be uh, uh, just a little opening, right? We're supposed to, what are we supposed to do with our hearts? We're supposed to guard our hearts, aren't we? Because out of our hearts flow the issue of life. So we don't want anything to come into our heart that would infect us as a whole. You know, if you cut your finger, your body 
you know, it stops the blood, but you got to take care of that cut so it doesn't get what? Infected. Because if it gets infected, why? It becomes worse. It starts to swell up. It's, it, it gets red, and it starts to affect the rest of the body. If you don't take care of the little infection, it'll become a bigger infection. Amen? So, then he says, Therefore, purge out the old leaven. Aren't you glad that we can purge out the leaven? Say, bye-bye leaven. The leaven is leaving your life as we speak. Amen? Why? God said he's cleansing us today. Amen? Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Oh, hallelujah. I'm a new lump today. Praise God. Right? This old lump became a new man. This old lump became a new man. Amen? You can become a new lump. Hallelujah. Since you truly are unleavened, for indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Hallelujah. Jesus had no leaven in his life. He had no sin in his life. His blood was pure, spotless, untainted by sin. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was the only one qualified to destroy sin from the inside out. He purged the leaven out of the world. Jesus said, I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Sin is leaven. Leaven is sin. Hallelujah. All right, verse 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast... Not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. How many know, for every leaven that the devil has, God has unleavened bread that triumphs over it. Amen? God's, God triumphs over old leaven. So we don't have to, we can get rid of the old. Doesn't the Bible say, walk in the newness of life? Put on the new man, which is created in Christ Jesus, in true righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're putting on something new today. Amen. Because we're going to see the danger of what leaven does. But we're going to see how to overcome it. Amen. All right. Go to the book of Galatians. All right. Now, the book of Galatians is very interesting. Galatians was all about defending justification by faith. The book of Galatians, six chapters, were written to a church because there were Judaizers who wanted to get believers back into Judaism. Judaizers kept trying to sneak into Galatia. They kept trying to pull back people to abide by the law and not in Christ. So Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit. He wrote a whole book about how to overcome leaven. Hallelujah. I'll just give you an example. Go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6. Okay. It says, I'm astonished and extremely irritated. This is the Amplified. (laughs) that you are so quickly shifting your allegiance and deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ 
for a different gospel. Notice they were offered a different gospel and some people were being pulled by a different gospel. The gospel of religion, which is a gospel of works, which is a gospel of self-reliance. You know, if you can get saved by works, it doesn't take any faith. But the only way that we can be saved is through faith. All right? Verse 7, which is really not another gospel, but there are obviously some people masquerading as teachers. That's a hypocrite. A hypocrite is a masquerader. All right? I guarantee you today I don't have a mask on. Amen? I've been delivered from religion, and I can help people be delivered from religion. They are disturbing and confusing you with a misleading, counterfeit teaching and want to distort the gospel of Christ, twisting it into something which it is absolutely not. That's a little leaven. Leaven was trying to enter Galatia. And Paul, by the Holy Spirit, he corrected it. All right? Let's go to chapter 2 and verse 4. Chapter 2 and verse 4. My concern was, because of the false brothers, those people masquerading as Christians who had been secretly smuggled in to the community of believers. They had slipped into spy on the freedom which we have in Christ Jesus in order to bring us back into bondage under the law of Moses. They, they snuck in. You know, if, if, if the enemy wants to come to church, how does he come dressed as? He comes dressed as a sheep. The wolf puts on sheep clothing. He smells like a sheep. He looks like a sheep, but he ain't no sheep. He's hungry for lamb chops. Right? But he doesn't come in as himself. He comes in as something else, appearing to be something else so that he can, utter, he can render destruction and steal, kill, and destroy. If someone was going to give you a bottle of poison, they wouldn't hand you a bottle with a, a skull and crossbones on it and say, here, have a drink. I don't know. That doesn't look good. What he's going to do, he's going to put a smiley emoji on it going like this. Right? He's going to disguise the outside so that you don't know what's on the inside because the inside is poison. And if you drink the poison... It doesn't take a lot of poison to hurt you. One drink, one sip, and poison will have its effect. You know, a snake bite isn't very big, but if it's full of poison, it affects the whole area. It just starts affecting your blood, right? Unless you're Paul and you shake it off, right? Everybody say, I can shake, I can shake off snakes. Hallelujah. Yeah, if, if you drink any deadly thing, the Bible says it will not harm you. If you're a believer and you put your trust in Christ. Amen? But we've got to be aware of these false counterfeit things that the enemy has gotten. How did Jacob get the blessing? He dressed like Esau. He put on a goat's garment. Right? He had a goat coat. <laughs> and uh, he, his father couldn't see well. Right? And he had his goat coat on, and he, the father's like, you sound like Jacob, but you smell and feel like Esau. 
right? And he was, you know, Isaac was touching him, and, and Esau was a hairy man, so Jacob wasn't hairy, so he had to have a goat coat, right? But he got the blessing through deception. The only weapon that the enemy has against us is deception. And leaven will deceive you if you let it in. But we're not going to let it in. Why? We believe in God and we go to VCF. Amen? We are leaven busters. Who are you going to call? Leaven busters, VCF. Right? I got, I got my leaven buster zapper right here. You know, like the bug zapper that you hang on your porch and the bug flies near it. goes, Psst, this, is a bu- this is a devil zapper. This is a leaven zapper. Psst, we're zapping the level out of this leaven out of this place, amen? amen. Okay, Galatians chapter two, verse eleven. Now, when Cephas or Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him face to face. The leaven was affecting Peter. Peter was allowing the leaven in his life, and he was acting one way with the Jews and another way with the Gentiles, and Paul opposed him publicly. He said, we're going to have a, I'm calling you on the carpet, Peter. Look, notice this. I opposed him face to face about his conduct there because he stood condemned by his own actions. Verse 12, before certain men came from James, he used to eat meals with the Gentiles. But when the men from Jerusalem arrived, he began to withdraw and separate himself from the Gentile believers because he was afraid of those of the circumcision, those of the Jews. Okay? Verse 13, the rest of the Jews joined him in this hypocrisy, ignoring their knowledge that Jewish and Gentile Christians were united. God made one new man out of Gentiles and Jews called a Christian. Hallelujah. We're not called Jewish Christians. We're not called this Christian. We are just called Christians. Amen. Male and female, we're Christians. Doesn't matter what nation you're from. Doesn't matter what language you speak. Doesn't matter what culture you have. We are Christians. We are Christ-like. We are Christ followers. That's who we identify with. Kingdom culture trumps natural culture. Amen. So Peter was acting one way with the Gentiles and another way with the Jews. That's play acting. That's masquerading. Amen. How many know God's looking for some real Christians who will actually believe what they believe and do what they say and follow Christ by reading the word and and following his precepts? Amen. That means if the Bible disagrees with the habit you have, you got to give up the habit. That means if... If uh, you want to lower your standards, we can't lower the standard because God doesn't lower the standards for anybody. Our standard is the highest standard. Living after God is the highest way of living. Amen? God's totally bringing this out different than what I thought it was in my mind, and I'm glad for that. Okay? And he said the result, even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. See, because now, because Peter was doing it, it was starting to affect other people. See, some people think their sin only affects themselves. It does not. It affects everyone around you. It affects everyone who's in contact with you. It destroys. The sin of Achan 
affected the whole camp of Israel. You can read about it in in, uh, Joshua 6. He took something that wasn't supposed to be taken. And it affected the whole camp. Your sin does not just affect you. It affects everybody that you come in contact with. When you allow sin into your life and you go to other places, you're going to expose it to other places. Amen? Oh, I'm preaching good now. Hallelujah. I'm telling on the devil. Go to chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, you foolish and thoughtless and superficial Galatians. Who has bewitched you that you would act like this? To whom right before your very eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified in the gospel message. This is all I want to ask you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as a result of obeying the law? Or was it the hearing the message of salvation and faith? Amen. How do we get things from God? By hearing the law? No. By the message of faith. Amen. Say everything I need. Everything I want and everything I desire, I can receive from God by faith. All right? So, Galatians were bewitched. Well, how do you get bewitched? Someone casts a spell on you. Right? I I remember one time, uh, someone came up to Brother Hagin. It was a witch, actually. And the witch said, I'm going to curse you. And Brother Hagin looked at the person and laughed and said, I double dog dare you. Because <laughs> he knew that the, he, God told Abraham, whoever curses you, I will curse. But whoever blesses you, I will bless. So you can't be cursed when you're blessed. Amen. When you know you're blessed and you have confidence that you're blessed and you trust that you're blessed, no curse can come on you. It'll, it'll bounce off you like a rubber ball off a wall. So Brother Hagin just looked at it with confidence. <laughs> I double dog dare you. That's how you got to tell the devil. Yes. Call the devil's bluff. Yes. He's, a, he's a bluffer. He, he's the father of lies. He can't tell the truth. So you call his bluff and you expose him as the liar that he is. Yes. Just by standing strong. Verse 3. Are you so foolish and senseless having begun your new life by faith? With the Spirit, now you're being perfected and reaching spiritual maturity by the flesh? That is, by your own works and efforts to keep the law? What was happening? They started off in faith. They started off good, but something got in and was pulling them away, pulling them away, pulling them into something that God didn't desire for them to have or to be or to do. Jesus didn't say, I will build my religion. He said, I will build my church. A church is a people group that's been called out to assemble together. The church is like the Avengers. Assemble together. Church, assemble! Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, so that's the book of Galatians, just a highlight. All right? Go to Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5. And let's uh, see this here. Glory to God. Galatians 5. And uh, let's go down to verse 7. Galatians 5 verse 7. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? You got to be careful about things that are going to creep into your life that will cause you not to obey the truth. Why? You obey one little non-truth and you'll obey another non-truth it's like lying 
How many know a liar just can't tell one lie? Because they got to lie for the lie to cover up the lie that they told. And pretty soon, it's a web. And you don't know what's real. Let's see. What did I tell that person? What did I tell this? Because a lie, you have to tell a lie to cover a lie. Because if you, if you stop, if you stop the cycle of lying, oh my goodness, it's exposed. Politicians need to be exposed. Okay. Verse 8, this persuasion comes not of him that calls you. So God did not call you to be hindered in your spiritual walk. He did not call you to, listen, he gave you the ability and the power to resist leaven. Amen? Verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. This is the second time that he's saying this, just to a different group. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubles you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he is. Hallelujah. God, Paul's exposing the, how this teaching or how this doctrine or how this bewitching got into the place, right? He's exposing it. Amen? If you open up your jar of flour or your container of flour and you got bugs in it, are you going to use it to make pancakes? No, hopefully not. You know, they, they say that bugs are the new protein. I just saw a, a thing on TV, like th- they're reducing our, our protein and they, they want people to eat bugs. Are you kidding me? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't own the bugs. <laughs> we, we, have, we have authority over creeps, everything that crawls and creeps. <laughs> I mean, if you want to eat bugs, go for it, but I don't. I want to eat some ribs and some hallelujah. Some roast and glory to God. I mean, John the Baptist ate bugs. That was fine. But he didn't say everyone else should do as I do. Amen? You know, you could misinterpret the Bible. There's a scripture that says Judas Judas went and hung himself. But there's another scripture that says go and do likewise. They don't need to be together. Judas hung himself. Go and do likewise. That's an an unbiblical interpretation. Amen? You got to interpret the Bible properly. And uh, verse 11, And I, brethren, if I uh, yet preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased? I would that they were even cut off which trouble you. Listen, Paul doesn't mention words. Listen, if someone's if something's troubling you, it needs to be cut off. Amen. You need to either tie the knot or cut the cord. If something's not benefiting your life, if someone doesn't bring you closer to the Lord Jesus, it needs to be cut off. Amen. And you got to just be uh, connected with Jesus. All right. So, how do we? How can we avoid the leaven of religion? Four simple things. That I want to share with you today. Number one, you got to be found in him. Did you know that when you became a Christian, your life is hid in Christ? Your life is hid in the anointed one? Your life is hid. That means the enemy doesn't know where you are. Where did they go? I don't know. They're hiding. I'm hiding in Christ. Paul said, my life is hid in Christ. Amen? Number two, we got to have God's righteousness, not ours. See, the, I'm going to get into that. Number three, our righteousness is by faith 
And number four, we got to know him. Amen? Four simple things about this. All right? Uh, Let's go to Galatians 2, verse 16 for just a second. Galatians 2, verse 16. Don't, don't be afraid to say amen today, all right? And if I'm talking about you, just smile and say amen as loud as you can, and no one will be knowing that this is directed towards you. Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Say, I'm justified by faith in Jesus Christ. You can't do enough cartwheels to be justified. You can't raise enough money to be justified. You can't know enough of the right people to be justified. The only way that you can be justified is having faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Amen? Faith in Jesus is how we get justified. What does it mean to be justified? Just as if I've never sinned. When I'm justified, I'm just like Jesus. Say, I'm just like Jesus. Yeah! We are the righteousness of God. It's not our own righteousness. It's God's gift to us that was given to us by Jesus Christ. It doesn't come by how good we are. It doesn't come by how well behaved we are. It comes by having faith in Jesus Christ. But I guarantee you, when you have genuine faith in Jesus Christ, you will behave like Jesus. You will talk like Jesus. You will walk like Jesus. You will be quick to repent and quick to forgive. We need to buy a Bible that be quick to repent and quick to forgive. Amen? Okay. All right. Number, go to Philippians chapter 3. In order to avoid the leaven of religion, we got to be found in him. <laughs> Did you know that sin, under sin, our lives were lost? But God put us in the lost and found. And when he sent Jesus, we became found, not lost. Amen? You didn't find Jesus. He found you. Why? Because he was looking for you. You just realized that now you're found. You accepted your foundness, right? Amen? We didn't know we were lost until we met Jesus. I mean, think about it. The Apostle Paul, he's on the road to Damascus. He's going to persecute believers. He's going to imprison them. He's going to kill them. He's going to abuse them. Right? And he meets Jesus. And a light shines around about him. He hears a voice. And he says, oh, Lord. Right? Paul thought that he was on the right path. He was on the path. Of, Paul was a Pharisee. He was, the, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the highest trained, highly intellectual Pharisee that you would ever meet. And he was fierce against the gospel until he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, three days his life was totally different. He was blind for three days, but after Ananias came in and prayed for him, scales fell off of his eyes. He was baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and he was ready to go. Listen, when God gets a hold of your life, it doesn't take, you don't have to go to a seminar on how to change. You get instant change. Change in Jesus Christ is like making instant pudding. Just add water or milk or whatever, right? Listen, the... The change that we can have in Jesus comes right now. The minute you put faith in Jesus, change comes. Amen? The minute you put faith in Jesus, you become just like him. 
You have what he has. You can do what he can do. You you are exposed to his thoughts. Amen? Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. Aren't you glad that we can worship God in the spirit? Amen. And we can rejoice in Christ Jesus. We need to be able to rejoice in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the anointed one. Rejoice in his anointing. Amen. We worship in spirit and we rejoice in Christ. And we have no confidence in the flesh. Paul said, uh, I, I died in Christ and the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You read every introduction to the epistles. Paul is, is commenting about he is what he is by the grace of God. He's God's chosen vessel. He's God's servant. He acknowledges God in his ability to do what God called him to do. Amen. So, you've you've been changed by Jesus, and now we can worship God in spirit. You can come to a place like VCF and worship God in spirit. Listen, we gotta we can't just worship God with words or with just songs or music. We gotta worship God with the spirit too. Amen. We gotta worship God with in spirit and in truth. You can't just have truth to worship God. You gotta worship God in spirit and in truth. Spirit is the animator. He he's the exciter, right? He, he's the life of the party. Amen. He, he's the energy of God. Oh, hallelujah. We got to have some spiritual worship. Amen. Where our worship, we just get caught up in worship. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. We can't be some dry, dead uh, duty. God didn't save me out of religion to take me back into it. He brought me into a vibrant living relationship where I can communicate with God and he can communicate with me and we can exchange thoughts and ideas. Hallelujah. That's what happens when we worship God. God wants to exchange some ideas and thoughts with you. And he does it in the atmosphere of worship. My gosh, we got to break free. The only thing that will hinder a person to worship is religion. In my religion, my worship was standing, sitting, kneeling, and making the sign of the cross. That was my worship. But when I met Jesus, whoo, hallelujah. We sang about it today, about the liberty that's in Jesus. Listen, people looked at the church of Galatia. They said, that's like VCF. Why are those people so free in that place? Why are they, why are they so excited on that hill? Why are they so full of joy in that place in Palmyra? Where's that joy coming from? They're looking in and they want what we have. But you can't get it through religion. You got to get it through relationship. You got to get, we can, oh my goodness, we can get it straight from the source. Amen. We, we can go directly to the source, which is Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Verse 4, Philippians 3. Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if no other man thinks that he, uh, he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Paul is about to give us reasons why he should have confidence in the flesh, but he loves God so much he doesn't have confidence in the flesh. How many know you got to love God so much that you got to lose confidence in the flesh? 
We can't do what we can do by our own strength. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Christ is the source of strength. Christ gives us his ability, his power, his wisdom. That's how we live. We don't live by ourselves. We don't live by our own limitations. My goodness, we're only a third saved right now. We're only saved in the spirit. Our bodies and minds aren't saved yet. But they're going to be when we get upgrade. We're going to get a glorified body. When we get a glorified body, it's, it's a merger of the spirit and the body together. Woo, it's going to be good. Now, if it's good now, if the down payment is good, imagine what the whole thing is like. Holy moly. I don't want to say holy cow because there's countries that worship cows. I'm hungry, I'm starving, but there goes a side of beef. Why don't you, you know, no, that that might be Uncle Charlie. It's not Uncle Charlie. That's a hamburger, man. If you're starving, quit worshiping that cow and eat that sucker. I don't know where that came from. So Paul gives his, his stuff. He was circumcised the eighth day, right? Eight, number eight means new beginning. Actually, that's the best day to circumcise a baby is on the eighth day. You know, the Bible knows what it's talking about. Hallelujah. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, in touching the law, a Pharisee. He was in the wrong group to start with, but he got in the right group to finish. How many know it's not how you start that matters? It's how you finish your life that matters. You may have started off wrong, in the wrong place, in the wrong family, but God, I tell you what, you can get in a new family. God's got a family. His family is better. He's the loving God, man. He's a father. Hallelujah. He's the perfect father. You didn't like being born, be born again. That's another t-shirt. If you don't like being born, be born again. Amen? Okay, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. That's a powerful statement. Yet doubtless, and I count all things for the loss of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I might win Christ. Think about all that you've accomplished in life. Think about all the accolades that the world has given you. And you count it as dung because the excellency of the knowledge of Christ far exceeds anything that you've ever earned or accolated on this world. The knowledge of Christ is far better. Amen? God's retirement plan is out of this world. The world's retirement plan is you stop working and you get paid a certain amount of money. But God's retirement plan is different. Amen? And just because you retire in the world doesn't mean you retire from God. Your retirement plan, you don't retire from God until you leave this earth. Amen? Well, you, get, you, you, you go through the greatest graduation ceremony ever. Whoa! Well, you go to be with Jesus. You talk about a graduation. When the King of Kings greets you and wraps his arms around you and picks you up and hugs you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into joy today. All right? Verse, uh, verse 9, here's, here's the point. And be found in him, not having my own 
righteousness. See, what happens is leaven produces a self-righteousness. It produces a self-reliance. You know, people who get saved by faith, they got to continue to live by faith. You can't stop living by faith. You can't even take a day off from faith. You can't punch out from faith. Amen? We cannot set our own standards of what we think we should worship God. God didn't give us that. When he is Lord, he gets to say how we worship. He gets to say where we worship. He, he gets to say that. Amen? Do you realize that man was not even designed to decide what's good? Only God can decide what's good because he's good. Do you realize that what did he put? I, I told this to the men yesterday at Barnabas. But what did God put in the middle of the garden? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God never designed a tree to teach you about good and evil. God never designed the world to teach you about good and evil. God never designed your experience to teach you about good and evil. Who was going to teach man about good and evil? God was going to teach him about good and evil. Because only the source of all good and perfect gifts come from God, from the Father of life, in whom there's no variation. Only God can determine what's good. Only God can define what's good. So, if you want to learn what's good, you've got to do it according to God's standards. Because God is the standard of goodness. All right? Okay, so verse, verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness. See, our righteousness comes from God. It doesn't come from us. Which is of the law. If, if, if you're going to live your life according to the law, you've got to follow the whole law. The entire, you, can't, you can't miss one dot or one crossing of the T. If you fail in one little part of the law, you fail in the whole law. No one could ever keep the law without Jesus. But Jesus fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law and he says, here, here's the victory. When Jesus fulfilled the law and you accepted Jesus in your life, you got a certificate that said, you are above the law. (laughs) You are apart from the law. Amen. You have graduated from the law. When you put your faith in Jesus, you graduate from the law. You graduate with a law degree. Hallelujah. Okay? So self-righteousness comes from doing the law. The law is all about works. The law has no faith. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Everybody say by faith. That's the only way. That we can experience true righteousness. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Okay, you can know him, that's born again, but there's, a, there's a, another level of knowledge. You can know the power of his resurrection. See, some people just want to know him, but they don't want to know the power. That's religion. Years ago, um, we, I was having a men's meeting early on in the church. And this guy was like, he was all excited. He said, we need to surround Pastor Doug with like David's mighty men. I was like, yes, amen. But all those people that were excited in that moment didn't stay. Matter of fact, one of them said out of his own mouth, 
I don't need to know anything else. I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. That's all I need to know. So the one who said, let's be like David's mighty men, was like a weak little... I can't think of the right word. (laughs) But he was weak. He made a bold statement. It was a good statement, but he didn't live up to it. He had no intestinal fortitude. No guts, right? Listen, it takes guts to be a Christian. It takes guts to stand up and do the right thing when the whole world wants to do the wrong thing. It takes guts to stand up and say a marriage is between a man and a woman. Not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman, but a man and a woman. One man, one woman, that's it, because God made it, he gets to define it. There are two genders in this earth, male and female, you can't pick, you were born with it. If you're unsure, check the plumbing. But you see, when you allow the world to define things, you see how how big it gets? It starts infecting whole nations. The world is not equipped to define what God God created. Because the world has no clue what God created. They don't even know who God is. Amen? But we do. Not only are we found in him, but we know him. We know him. We know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable to his death. Guess what? When you become a Christian, you will be persecuted. Be of good cheer. Jesus overcame the world. Well, I I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to be persecuted. Too bad. It comes with the territory. Right? Why? Because there's a devil that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. There's a world that doesn't understand us. Right? I mean, look at, they rejected, they didn't even know, light came to the world and the darkness didn't comprehend it. That's what John tells us, right? Jesus is a light. He came to the world. Okay, I'm only on point one. I better get moving. We got to be found in him. You got to be united to him. Amen? People ought to see Jesus in the way you live, the way you speak, and how you behave, and how you think. If they're not seeing that, you need to change. You need to come up, you need to come up, and you need to let go of the worldly ways and enter and surrender fully to God. It takes a full surrender. Right? Why do we raise our hands? Because I'm fully surrendered. I'm fully surrendered. You know, when, when, what do they do to criminals? When a cop says freeze, what do they do? I mean, they might run too, but. (laughs) I mean, in some states, they just. They'll, they'll walk into a store and load up a, a, a buggy and just take stuff out because there's no uh, pers- prosecuting of crime. But we need to be surrendered to God. Okay, number two, it's not our righteousness but his. All right? This is what uh, Thomas Adams said. Self-righteousness is the devil's masterpiece to make us think well of ourselves. And this is what happens as human beings are inclined to indulge in self-righteousness. How many of you were, have, don't raise your hands, but this is just food for thought. How many of you were in a argument or a discussion and you only, re, you were just arguing to make yourself 
to, to prove your point, self-righteousness. Does it matter who's right or who's wrong? Let's just solve the problem. Amen? Let's forget about who's right in a marriage. It doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. Let's solve the problem. Get over your rightness or your wrongness. It doesn't matter. Let's solve the problem. Let's work together. Let's find a way that we can solve this problem. Who cares if you're right or wrong? I was right. I was right. That's not going to matter. You could be right and the problem not be solved. The whole point is to solve the problem. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. So God puts people together for a reason to multiply your efforts. Amen? All right. Robert Murray McShann said this. Self-righteousness is the largest idol of the human heart. The idol which man loves most and God hates most. Because when we put our trust in self, we're not putting it in God. You know, God's greatest grief is to be disbelieved or is to be doubted. But his greatest pleasure is to be believed. Dearly beloved, you will always be going back to this idol. You are always trying to be something in yourself to gain God's favor by thinking little of your sin or by looking uh, to your repentance, tears, prayers, or by looking to your religious, this is him quoting now, uh, to your religious exercise of your frames or by looking to your graces, the Spirit's work in your heart. Beware of false Christ. Jesus tells that all throughout the Gospels. Paul said, when I leave, there's going to be wolves that come in to where you are that are going to bring destruction. He warned the church, the church that was bought by the blood of Jesus. He, he said, I, 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 there were some places he, he was there for a couple years. And, and he ministered to them. He taught them. He warned them. But now he was departing. And he didn't want them to be destroyed. Beware of false Christ. Study sanctification to the utmost, but don't make a Christ of it. I mean, think about it. The Hebrews, they were worshiping the brazen serpent that Moses made when they were complaining to God and God sent fiery snakes into the camp. And God said, make a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. It it was to speak of Christ when he was raised up on the cross. And when people looked at that, they were healed instantly. But in Hezekiah's day, who was a king, they were worshiping it. He had to break it in pieces. Why would you worship it? Amen? But that's what the human flesh nature is inclined to do. You know, I, it was funny. When I was in India, they were having a celebration with their gods, but they had to transport their gods on trucks. They, like, had to bring their gods to the celebration. I'm like, you've got to get a different god. Let me just prop my God up, you know, let me put him in place, but I'm going to worship him. He can't speak, he can't walk, he can't, he can't do anything, but I'm going to, if, if he needs to go somewhere, i got to carry him. <laughs> I mean, that is just deceptive. We actually drove past a village where I felt like Alexander the silversmith, because this entire village was, they were making these idols. These, these clay idols, these clay figures that people worship, they were, they were this tall. Like, look at my God. I made it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. My God made me. You got far lesser God than I got. <laughs> Amen? You need to change gods. 
Go with the God who made you instead of you having to make it. <laughs> It'll fare better. Amen? Okay. So uh, let me just tell you some things. Self-righteousness takes credit for what God has done. Instead of giving glory to God, you're taking credit for the things that God has done. Uh, just write down Deuteronomy 9, chapter 9, verses 3 through 6. We're not going to go there. Self-righteousness is an offshoot of pride. Because pride is all about I, I, I. So self-righteousness is a child of pride because it's all about the self. You ever go into a bookstore? Self-help. How are you going to help yourself? Huh? You got into this mess. How are you going to help yourself out of the mess? Help. Uh, they got a whole section. Self-help. Sorry, you missed the mark. You need help. You got yourself into that, but you can't get yourself out of it. So no self-help book is going to help you. Amen? You need divine help. We need divine help, not self-help. If I could have helped myself, I wouldn't have been in this mess. (laughs) Amen? Have, Have we ever tried to save ourselves? You know, we needed a Savior. We couldn't save ourselves, right? All right. Hallelujah. So self-righteousness, it's a negative attitude of the heart, and it's expressed by the mouth. Your your mouth will always tell what's in the heart. How do you know where someone is? Just listen to them talk for five minutes. And, And your heart will reveal what you've been putting in. Garbage in, garbage out. Self-righteousness puts self above God. See, it's not our own righteousness. It's God's righteousness. It's his gift to us. Self-righteousness attempts to meet God's standard on its own merits. It's amazing how people define how they should worship. Oh, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do this. I don't need to sing that. I don't need to do that. Why? Because I, I don't feel like it. It has nothing to do with feelings. Amen? It has everything to do with what God said, right? We got to govern. Are you, are you here or have you gone home? All right, that's a few of you. Some of you need to wake up. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, "A way of a fool is right in his own eyes. The way of a who? Fool." See, when you're thinking you're right in your own eyes and you don't have the right filter, see, if you're, if you're sharing your opinions, your feelings, or the opinions of others, and God's not even in the picture, F-O-O-L. <laughs> if you be a fool, you will fool yourself. A fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Self-righteousness is the way of the fool. Proverbs 3, 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Being wise in your own eyes is self-righteous and it's evil. Amen? So if it's not by my righteousness, then how do I get it? It's through faith. Everything that we get from God is through faith. Everybody say through faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 1, and I'm almost done. Romans chapter 1.
And look at verse 17. Romans 1, verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. God operates by faith. He does what he says he's going to do. He's always hopeful. He's always expecting. He never turns from what he wants. He always gets what he wants. That's faith, right? God is the epitome of faith. So the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And God gives us his faith so that we can get his righteousness. Amen? Because Jesus said, have faith in God. Our faith needs to be in God. And when we put faith in God, we get all the benefits. We get all the blessings. It's like the Thanksgiving turkey. We get all the trimmings. Our faith gives us all the trimmings. It gives us the cranberry sauce. It gives us the stuffing. Hallelujah. It gives us the pumpkin pie. Glory to God. We get all of it. And it's all done by faith. The way Abraham... The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Romans 4 tells us how Abraham got righteous by faith. Amen? Everything is by faith. Hallelujah. And then we need to know him. We need to know him and we need to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We need to know God. We we ought to be people that know some things. We have to walk in the knowledge of what we know. Amen? Knowing that Jesus Christ has been crucified and that I've been crucified with him. And because I know that he was crucified, I know that he was resurrected. So therefore, if I know he was resurrected, I know that I am resurrected. Because that's what the Bible says in Romans 6. Amen? So we're breaking this spirit of religion, this leaven of religion that tries to come in and undermine your faith. It it weakens your faith. It separates you from God. I don't want you to be separated from God. You've been away from God for too long. It's It's time to draw near to God so that he can draw near to us. Amen? We gotta, we gotta be like Moses. And we, and God's calling us up to the mountain. We gotta be willing to come up, walk into the cloud, walk into the thunder, and have fellowship with God. And he came down and his face was lit up. He spent 40 days with God and it changed the entire countenance of him. Imagine if you had 40 days of praying in tongues for one hour. Or two hours or three hours or however many, however long you need. What can that do for you? I'll never forget when I was a younger believer, I was over a friend's house. There was about seven of us there. And, uh, you know, things were happening with different people going through things. So what we did was we just got in a circle. We held hands and we just started praying in tongues. And it was about an hour. I don't really know exactly how long it was. But all of a sudden... The Spirit of God started to move. I'm in a circle. This person over here, they just started laughing. Next person over here started laughing. Next person over here. It went around the entire circle. And the joy that God brought, just taking that time to carve out that time to do a spiritual exercise and to let God do whatever he wanted to do. We, we, we weren't praying for joy. It just happened. Amen. You just get in God's presence and let him do what he wants to do. And you just yield to him. Amen? And 
Hallelujah. So, when we're ignorant of God's righteousness, we will seek to establish our own righteousness. When we don't go by what the Bible says how we should worship, we'll establish our own standard of worship. I see it in people's lives all the time. When we're ignorant of God's righteousness, we're not submitting to his plan or his way of righteousness. You know, righteousness is a gift that we receive, but it's also a standard by how we live. Did you know righteousness will protect you from danger? You know, righteousness is a part of your armor, the breastplate of righteousness. It keeps your heart in line with God. When your heart is pure, when you're walking in line with God, even though trouble may come, you'll overcome it. You'll, you'll be a victorious, amen. God wants you to have a victorious, wonderful, long life. That was a good place to say amen. amen. Y'all don't want a victorious, wonderful, long life? God's righteousness only comes through faith by believing in Jesus Christ. You can't do anything to earn it, buy it. The only way to get it is by faith in Jesus Christ. Self-righteousness comes by following the law and fulfilling all the law. But righteousness comes by faith by believing God's word and confessing Jesus as Lord. Righteousness of faith comes by believing who Jesus is and what he said to you. Amen? And... And the righteousness of faith, it removes guilt, shame, and condemnation. Leaven will bring guilt, shame, and condemnation. But righteousness of God brings freedom. Uh, Go to Galatians chapter 5, and I'm closing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Here's, here's Here's the result. Okay? Here's what Here's the result. Galatians 5.1, it was for this freedom that Christ has set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, which you were once removed. Amen. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, it was not his intent. It was not his will for them to go back in Egypt. He was going to be taking them into something better, a land flowing with milk and honey. He was going to take them into possessions. He was going to take them into abundance. He was going to take them into plenty. He was going to take them into thriving and flourishing. They left slavery, but now they're into something better. God's taking you into something better today. He wants to do something better in your life. He wants you to have freedom. He wants you to have liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty in the name of Jesus. I declare liberty in this place. I declare liberty to every person. God made you free from sickness, disease, and death, and lack, and poverty. Hallelujah. We're redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death. Why? Because even though I die, my death is a victory. My death, I be with Jesus. When I leave this tabernacle, when I breathe my last breath, I'm not going to be alone. I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus. I'm going to enjoy my mansion that he's building for me right now, custom designing for me. Hallelujah. God wants you free. We need to be free, people. We need to be able to be free to express ourselves. We need to be able to be free to shout hallelujah. If you're in an environment where people are cussing, get loud and say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That'll cause the cussing to stop real quick. 
People are like, whoa. God wants you free. It was for this freedom that he made us free. God doesn't want you in bondage. God, God doesn't want you hindered. He wants you to be able to soar like an eagle. He wants you to be able to spread your wings and fly on the, on the, on the move of the Spirit of God. You know, an eagle can get to a certain point where they don't have to flap much. Why? They're riding on a current. And they ride that current, right? And they're just soaring. You know, we, we can surf the Spirit. Surfing the spirit, glory to God. You surf the web, let's surf the spirit. Hallelujah. God wants us free. Free from sickness, free from disease, free from poverty, free from lack, free from hindrance. Amen. Free to express ourselves. We can say how good God is and not be ashamed. We can declare how, how great God is and just get excited about it. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to get excited about Jesus. There's, there's no one that's doing what Jesus did. There's no one that can do what Jesus can do. Amen. Our God is supreme. Our God is distinguished. Our God is you. There is one God. And we know him. And he's for you. He's for us. He's for this church. He's for this community. Hallelujah. He's for your life. He's for your family. He's for your children. He's for your businesses. Hallelujah. He'll help you. He'll help your employment. Amen. He wants you to be successful in life. He wants you to have a good, joyful life. Not some, he did not invite you to live on Barely Get Along Street. The Lord has called me to Barely Get Along Street. No, the Lord didn't, the Lord didn't pick up the phone to Barely Get Along Street. That's not the Lord telling you. That's the enemy telling you. That's the devil lying to you. The denomination that I grew up in, their leaders take a vow of poverty. How stupid is that? They vow to be poor. God says, I became poor so that you become rich. He says that in 2 Corinthians 8. Say, God wants me rich. Say, the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow with it. You don't have to apologize for being rich. Abraham didn't go around saying, I'm sorry I'm so rich. Isaac didn't apologize to Abimelech when Abimelech said, you got more people, you got more stuff than we do. You you need to leave. You're making the king look bad. Isaac didn't say, oh, I'm sorry for being so rich. Jacob didn't say, oh, I'm sorry, Laban, for being all all rich, taking all the good, strong sheep. God gave me a vision. Put stripes in sheep and they'll produce striped kids. My goodness, if, if sheep can fulfill a vision, what can humans do when you put the right vision in front of you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. God wants us free. God wants you free. Anything that hinders you, you need to be free from. If you're hindered in your walk, you need to be free. Amen? If you're hindered in your body, you need to be free. If you're hindered in your pocketbook, you need to be free. If you're hindered in your future, you need to be free. Amen? God did all that he did to make us free, not to go back into bondage again. He gave us free. He gave us his righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have been made right with God and being made right with God. You can walk upright. You can live right. Hallelujah. The devil has no hold on you. When you're right, he's wrong. Hallelujah. Say the devil's wrong. 
and I'm right. Because it's not my righteousness. It's God's righteousness. And if God makes you right, you're right. Amen? He doesn't have to. He's like, oh, I missed the spot here. No. You're made right, total, complete right the minute you accept Jesus. Hallelujah. So if you need to get free in your body today, if there's something hindering your body physically, let's get free of it today. If there's something hindering your life, you don't feel like you feel like you're stuck or you're hindered from making progress, let's get free in that in your life today. Amen?